How do people who have lost themselves, I mean, those who are really tired of living a life that the world has told them they should be living, finally start to find their own voice and live authentically? They listen in and take action towards discovering who they are originally, tuning in and following their true North Star to the life that they've always known has been calling them. It's your girl, Rafiat. But we're friends now, so you can call me Fifi or Rafi. That's cool. And welcome to FYFM. Follow your first mind podcast. And if you felt that way, then this podcast is for you. Let's jump into it. Hey you, welcome to Follow Your First Mind FYFM podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys here and I am excited to introduce Brianna Chanel. An amazing author, poet, I mean advocate. You do you wear so many hats. It's really amazing to see how you've been flourishing and being who you are. I'm excited to have you here. So please introduce yourself to the people listening. Thank you. Um, I'm very excited, as you already know, to be here. Um, so yeah, my name is Brianna Chanel. Um, as you've already mentioned, I do wear a few hats. So I am a poet. I am an author. I'm a student currently doing my MSW. Um, I'm also a youth worker. So I did an undergrad in family and community social services. And so far, the majority of my work, or I would say all of my work, has been specifically within the youth sector. Aside from that, as you mentioned, I am an advocate specifically for issues within the Black community, systemic anti-Black racism. Yeah, I love literature. That's awesome, that's awesome, which I didn't know until recently that we actually have that in common. I actually used to work with youth myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you're so good youth worker. Um, so kudos to you. I know how difficult the job is, but how rewarding the job is when you are able to touch even one youth life and help them to change mm-hmm. and breaking down those systems. I mean, it's real. People think that Canada is a bucket of roses. Listen. We have our own. <laughs> we have our own thing to deal with over here. Um, so kudos to you in doing the work that you do. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So let's start off with the first question, really, which is to you, you know, what does your intuition feel like? What does it look like to you? Mm, That's a good question. Um, For me, it feels like this something in my stomach. Mm. It feels like butterflies, but not in a good way most times. (laughs) (laughs) It's going crazy. Yeah, it's like a... um, it's like a like a deep seated something. I don't know what the word is, but it's always in my stomach. Mm, it's always in my stomach. Yeah. Ah, I love asking people this question because I find that for each person, it really is like a different love language. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's really different for each person. I find that really cool. Yeah. What it looks like, I feel like what it ends up looking like on the outside is anxiety <laughs> mm, interesting yeah because I just I feel like I get I feel very unsettled when some, my, my intuition is telling me something and so it looks like anxiety on the outside but it's really just intuition slash holy spirit telling me something <laughs> yeah that's a really good point to bring up because I find I didn't I didn't like hone in on that part for mm. me until really December mm. I had an instance where I was just feeling super overwhelmed mm-hmm. and like life was just like, oh my gosh, I, I'm anxious. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I just 
just completely, my peace is just completely disturbed. Like I can't yeah. get it together. And mm-hmm. I knew something was bothering me, but I couldn't quite yeah. figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. I think also like it's a process in regards to like understanding when it's your mm. children. I feel like a lot of times when, you know, when we're younger in certain situations, um, we're almost made to believe that our intuition makes us crazy. <laughs> like you start wondering like, okay, am I overreacting? Am I being crazy? Or is something actually telling me something? So I feel yeah. like, you know, being able to to like navigate through that and like really learn when, especially if you do suffer from anxiety, like learning what is what is anxiety and what is your intuition, like deciphering the two okay. is a process. <laughs> it is a process. It's, never, it's, it's ongoing, but I would love to you to speak to like what was that like for you coming into understanding what that voice is versus understanding the other voices that are kind of keeping you at bay mm-hmm. i think to be honest i don't know if i've mastered that yet to be mm-hmm. very honest but i think i've definitely gotten better and i think for me it's about analyzing my thoughts and asking myself questions like what is this thought rooted in so that i can see like okay are like are the things that i'm feeling based on reality or are they based on fears is based on a fear then it's usually just anxiety and if it's based on like real you know real happenings or real um I don't want to say real feelings because all feelings are real, but if the feelings are rooted in like things that have actually happened and not things that I'm afraid of happening, then yes. it's the intuition. Whereas if it's just like, oh, something that I'm afraid of happening, but it didn't really happen and I'm just overthinking, then it's usually yeah. anxiety. Wow, that's good. I think that's a really good point because I honestly believe the opposite of intuition is fear mm. uh, because the opposite of love is fear, right? And mm-hmm. so you can kind of find yourself spiraling into a space where you're believing lies yep. instead of looking at what the truth is. Exactly, exactly. Wow, wow. And you said something earlier, which I think it's important to touch on, and the fact that when you grow up, you're kind of made to not even listen to that mm-hmm. voice. Yep. It's like listen to everything else or whatever I'm saying instead of your voice. And that was mm-hmm. a big lesson for me because I realized this year, well, 2020, I'll say specifically, that before that, I really didn't know what my voice was because I was so used to wow. living my life for other people, like whether yeah. it be the partner I was with or my family, not to say there was all bad things, but just like all these things kind of told me who I was. I didn't yeah. know who I actually was. So can you share your story around like, what was it like for you to coming into understanding, okay, who was Brianna Chanel? Like, what does she think? What does she feel? What does she say? Hmm, that's a good question. And that's actually something that I've um, contemplated. I think that learning yourself is a process because we don't stay the same. <laughs> so, you know, yes. If I learned something about myself a year ago, that that thing can no longer be true for who I am right now. Hold on, people need to hear that. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can't be true because you're a year older. Exactly. All the experiences happened. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No that was good. No worries. Um, oh, the whole word. <laughs> I think that. Um, like, luckily, I, I didn't, like, I am West Indian. Um, mm. I know a lot of times, like, being West Indian, you know, we're kind of, we kind of raised in, like, the do as I say, you know, yeah. don't have an opinion. But luckily for me, I did not grow in, up in that type of environment. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in an environment where I was able to, you know, express what I felt. I was able to engage in conversations, even if there were adults having the conversations, obviously within meaning. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of 
been expressive. So I think that that definitely helped. But I think also, to be honest, being in the field that I'm in really helped because as I'm learning, you know, different um, things within the social field and learning how to help people, it shows you that self-reflection is so important because Mm. a big part of like, you know, working through trauma and working through different problems is being able to reflect on how has this thing affected me? What am I going to do? So that, you know, it can, like, these effects are not weighing on me so much that I can't navigate through everyday life things. Um, so I think that, to be very honest, like, having that self-reflective, those self-reflective moments has really helped. But it could also be a bad thing, because sometimes, like, you examine everything. <laughs> and mm. things don't have to be that that, that complicated. Um, but going back to your question around how did I, how, I, I don't even want to say how did I, how do I navigate mm. through, through the process of learning myself? I think it's... Uh, Man, it's hard to answer because I feel like I'm still like. It's ongoing for sure. Yeah, but I think for right now, it's having legitimately having conversations with myself, asking myself, you know, hard questions. Um, Look, I do oftentimes look back to like conversations or like situations and ask myself, okay, you behaved this way. Was that appropriate? If it wasn't appropriate, where did that come from? Why, like, why are you acting that way in other situations like this? Have you acted that way? And if not, what's the difference? Like just really asking myself those. Those are really good. That's really an analytical, but like a good solid assessment. Like Mm -hmm. it's like you looked at the, you looked at it from an observer point of view. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I tried to at least. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I know. It's probably just difficult. No, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think also having people around you that are not afraid to call you out too. Mm, True. As self-reflective as you are, there's only so much that you're going to see as yourself. Mm, but I think, true. like, sometimes when, like, there's people around us that, like, they kind of just say whatever it is they think that we like. But I think it's super mm. important to have people around you that are going to call you out and be like, oh, like, I noticed this, blah, blah, blah. Or, like, yeah, call you out on things. And I think sometimes that's difficult because we often gravitate towards people who think the same way as us and, like, are not going to challenge us. It's important to look at what your support system is, mm-hmm. but also fostering, I think, accountability within those support systems. Exactly. So yeah. then they are okay with calling you and you calling them out. Because mm-hmm. um, what I'm finding, like, I call it gangster Jesus because <laughs> people straight up call you out. Listen. And that's what love is, right? Like, if you, if you out of love, you know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, okay, Lord, I hear you. <laughs> He just snatches you up and is like, okay, I'll go right? see the West Corner. But it's it's for your betterment. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes you try to argue and you're like, what am I really doing? Who am I really arguing with right now? Because I am that moment today, guys. I'm gonna be hundred percent on this on this podcast. I talk really about being real. And so for me right now, I was concerned about finances. And so I was like, God, like, why is this still an issue? Like I did so much work. And like right away it was like, because you're making it an issue. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, all right. All right, then. Let me go just uh, sit over here. But it was a good reminder, and I appreciate those kind of moments because it shows me as well what love is. And sometimes, yeah, you have to be called out your BS. Right? When you get stuck in those uh, spirals of overthink and overanalyzing, Mm -hmm. you get stuck there. And sometimes you need somebody else to kind of pull you out if you're not able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also in regards to like relationship with self, I think something like for me, especially mm-hmm. within 2020, that was a big, big deal was mm-hmm. learning self-forgiveness. Like mm-hmm. that part, listen, yeah. the way that God yelled at me, like he <laughs> the word and was like, listen, like, 
because it's so easy to be like, yeah, I forgive other people, but then like mm. realize if you really sit and re- and sit and think about like your actions, like even like certain fears and like certain inhibitions, they come from like not trusting yourself, like not trusting yeah. yourself to make the right decisions. Yeah. So you hold back from doing certain things because you're like, last time I tried this, I messed it up, and you don't even realize that you're doing that. It's so repeat exactly. Mm. exactly so like you know i think one of the biggest things i asked myself in 2020 was what are the things that i don't forgive myself for like Mm. and why is it so hard for for me to forgive myself and what do i need in order to be able to start the process of self-forgiveness and i love how you said the the process of self-forgiveness because it is a process sometimes you get yanked back into like girl you did it again and you have to start all over again with forgiving yourself yeah that's huge and definitely a lesson that I feel like I learned as well. I feel like you can't you can't um really like hone in or tune in to your intuition without forgiving yourself. Exactly. You have to be able to trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really good. That's really good. And so give me an example for you, like what does a per- forgiveness process look like? For example, earlier this year, I decided what, uh, you know, beginning of the year or the end of the year, 31st of December, mm-hmm. I wrote all the things that I wanted to forgive myself for. And I literally mm-hmm. burned it up, put it in a bowl, burned it up outside. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And that's me. That's something my sister has been telling me about, but I just finally tried it. And it was so empowering. Mm-hmm. And I felt so light. Yeah. And so what do you do? Because I feel like sometimes we need a symbolic thing. We need a physical thing yeah. as well. Yeah. As an intellectual thing. Yeah. For me, writing is a big thing. Mm. <laughs> yes. um, so like I, I have to write things down to see yeah. like it can't just be in my head because then like, you know it's not so, for me, this doesn't feel solidified. But that process looks like I feel like for me, that process of forgiveness is kind of like when you're forgiving someone else. Like, let's say, for example, I'm going to use a typical example, but let's say, you know, you're in a relationship and your partner steps out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you you decide that I'm going to, because you have the right to decide whether you're going to stay and forgive or you're going to, yeah. you're going to leave or forgive, or you're not going to forgive. Like you have, yeah. have that, that right. But in the process of forgiving and staying, you can't continuously bring that thing up. Yes. So I see it similarly with myself where it's like if I'm choosing to forgive myself for this thing, when I'm going for whatever it is, when I, if I'm going, so for, let's say, for example, I'm, I messed up in a relationship. Um, when I'm going to attempt another relationship and that thought of you messed up the last time comes up, I'm going to have to remind myself that I can't keep bringing that up because I said I forgave myself. Mm, wow. So, yeah. That's, That's been huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Because then how else can you really formulate proper relationships in any regard with yourself or others if you're not willing to let it go? Like, actually let it go. They're just like, oh, yeah, I moved on. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it's the, it's the actual, like, it's easy to say, but then it, there's a process. Like, forgiveness is a choice. But even after you choose to forgive, it's still a process that you have to go through. It's not that, okay, I choose to forgive, but all the feelings are gone. So it's like, okay, after you make that choice, what are you going to do to ensure that you're fault like that you're, you're you're following up with what you said you're going to do. Yeah. That integrity, right? I feel like intuition is very much tied to the integrity of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you do follow through, but I think what's important to also note here is that memories are very long lasting, right? Mm-hmm. It could be something that triggers a memory that makes you remember, oh shoot, I messed up here, or mm-hmm. even like really looking at the body, like from the head down, all mm-hmm. that 
it stores memories as well. Yeah. People don't think about like that. They just think it's just in their head. But no, yeah. your body physically, your organs, your womb for women yeah. especially hold so many memories. Yeah. And so when you're doing certain things, sometimes you're triggered. Mm-hmm. And so you need to remember, I guess, in those moments, especially, mm-hmm. okay, I already, I already forgave myself. Mm-hmm. And so I can let it go again. Yes, exactly. Because trust me, I was that person this whole year. My sister was always telling me, give yourself grace. Give yourself mm-hmm. I was just like beating myself up with that condemnation or yep. judgment. Um, with I should be over this already, I should be past this. Yeah. Um, why is this still coming up? For me, it was like um, my ex-partner, why do I still miss yep. him? Like, you know, yep. it's just yep. like yep. it's okay. Like <laughs> and I think we 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 interrupt our 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 healing process by not giving ourselves grace and by acting mm. like we're over things because wow. you want to be the hard one. You want to be the one that I get. That's fine. I moved on. Mm. So we we act like everything is good. <laughs> but it's like there's gonna come a point where you're gonna have to face that. Like so honestly, it's probably the worst thing to process. do. Yep, you're just delaying the process because mm. you have to go through the process regardless. That's true, and in essence, really delaying your blessings mm-hmm. because if you didn't quite. You might have finished something, but if you didn't complete it, mm-hmm. you really can't do whatever's next or get whatever's yeah. next. Yeah. And, and if you do attempt it, you're going to fail. <laughs> right? And that's the thing. That was the loop that I was stuck into my whole mm-hmm. life, right? Failed businesses, failed, like, all these things I was trying to do, but just nothing was working out because I had to realize, like, oh, deep inside, I did not think I was enough. I did yeah, not respect right. myself enough. I did not love myself enough. So obviously, everything I touched wasn't doing what I wanted it to do because I yeah. was looking at myself like, who are you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Ooh, girl, this is for real. <laughs> so, talk to me about how your intuition has kind of guided you into what you do now. Because I know you have your many hats. Some of you will choose mm-hmm. writing. For me, I feel like writing is your gift. Mm-hmm. Um, one of your main gifts, I'll say. Yeah. How has that kind of led you to where you are now? Ooh. I don't, I, it's hard for me to connect intuition to the beginning of my writing process just because I feel like I wasn't as connected with myself when I started writing, to be honest. Hold on, hold on. That means through your writing, you're yes. able to connect? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I started, to be honest, I started writing um, after experiencing sexual trauma. Wow. Um, and it was kind of a process, kind of like how you mentioned, like burning the papers, where I would kind of like journal or write what I was feeling because I didn't feel like I had a place for expression. And then I would like rip up the paper and throw it out and be like, okay, like that's gone. Like it's gone with mm-hmm. me. Obviously, that wasn't the, the truth because <laughs> therapy is necessary. But that was, I guess, my coping method at the time. So that was mm-hmm. that. And then, um, then I started like writing. Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. But like, I started writing like love poems. I know nothing about love, but whatever. I was writing love poems because that's what poets do. They write love poems. So I started like writing that type of stuff. And I remember sharing like with my best friend in high school. And she's like, oh, like, this is actually really good. And I was like, oh, like, really? (laughs) And then I kind of started taking the writing more seriously. So then I uh, like stepped a little bit into like the spoken word type. Um, type of realm. Um, I think I did my first spoken word poem at a Black History Month event at my high school. And then after that, I kind of like started writing more um, based on of, based off of like my own experiences, like example around like sexual assault and stuff like that. Um, and then I started doing open mics more. And then that, that's how I really got into like spoken word and poetry. 
And then I kind of stepped away from the, the spoken word realm a little bit just because I felt like the, like, I don't know, I felt like the Toronto, like, art scene was very, like, fabricated. Like, it didn't feel sincere. It just felt like... That's interesting. Writing is supposed to be an expression of self. That's yeah, and that's not to say that they weren't being true to self, but it just felt very, like, hierarchical and, like, mm. like people would get the limelight and, you yeah. know, you had to write in a certain way and sound a certain way and you had to like, make deep about everything, like, just super wow. weird stuff. <laughs> there, was a, there was a formula, as we Yeah, say. there was a formula and I just wasn't about it. Like, I was just like, this is not me. So I kind of oh, stayed away from that. And then, of course, like, with school and stuff, it got busy. In my last year of my undergrad, I decided that I wanted to write a poetry book. So I started that process by kind of like collecting the poems that I had written and kind of decided like, okay, what do I want this poetry book to be about? And I kind of just wanted it to be my life, but like in the form of poetry. So I did that. I wrote a poetry book and then published it on my birthday in 20, or launched it on my birthday in 2017. And then as for right now, what my writing process is, honestly, I'm just allowing myself to be more free with it. I feel like when I was younger, I kind of was like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And like, there are things that I do want to do, but I recognize that when I try to rush things when it comes to writing, it doesn't turn out the way that, it doesn't turn out the best. Like other people may hear it and be like, oh, it sounds good, whatever. It's such a good poem, but I know what I'm capable of. Um, Mm. It doesn't feel like my best work for me. So I'm definitely wanting to, get a little more into storytelling, short stories. Nice. Um, I have a novel that's sitting on my chest, so we'll see how that okay. goes. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, it's kind of a process through writing. I definitely feel like um, it's helped me to come into my own, um, mm. kind of go into that process of initially, you know, wanting to write to sound like a good poet and then just writing to express myself and then, you know, kind of going through that process, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what it really sounds like to me. Like once it started to kind of rock your piece or not feel not feel as authentic to you anymore, you kind of just made that shift organically. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what intuition, I feel like that's how intuition leads you. Mm. It shows you, hmm, this is not really the business for you yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. I never looked at it that way, but it's very true because once it didn't feel like good to me I definitely stopped doing I didn't know that that was intuition at the time but now I do know that that would definitely was intuition for sure yeah that's cool and I love how it I feel like its job um its main job is to really bring us into ourselves right (laughs) the highest form of ourselves and so I love how you said throughout the writing process you realized you became more free-flowing and more of an expression of yourself. And I feel like as you listen to it, that's what it does. It helps you to just really align with you. Like it's like exactly. all the all the pieces start to like slot into place. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. As you hone into it. Wow. Wow. In terms of a business minded, how do you think it leads you in that realm? Because I know you know, you wear lots of hats, so maybe you can talk about one in particular or however else you feel. How do you think that guides you in terms of making decisions uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to projects like that book or uh, businesses that you want to venture into? Yeah, this one is hard for me just because I'm still at the stage where I'm finding it difficult to connect um, income, mm-hmm. intentional income with passion. Um, I feel like I'm still at the stage where like I know a lot of like artists and stuff say like you know initially it felt so weird to like pay for my like for to get people to pay for my work 
Um, mm. And like, I definitely went through that process, especially with my book. Like, I remember when um, I first printed the book and I was telling my mom how much I want to sell it for. And she's like, no, like, you need to sell it for more. Like, you're short selling yourself. And I was like, oh, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, that imposter syndrome of like, is it good enough? Like, yeah. are people going to want to pay this much for my work? And I do definitely think I still, to some extent, um, struggle with that. Um, we all do different yeah. things. Yeah. But in regards to like projects, like, for example, like, I, I started a um, type of initiative called social community a while back and, and it's it's funny because now that we're having this conversation I'm realizing that the process was very similar to my writing process where mm. yeah because initially so I started it when I was like in my undergrad so like maybe first or second year it was in 2013 um just because like I had been to community events um particularly like community events that focus on um issues within the black community um and I enjoyed them, but I always felt like there was something missing. And mm-hmm. so, and that what was missing for me was like the conversation piece. It really started as like a discussion group where we were able to like discuss various issues within the black community. It kind of branched off into doing like community events. And then at a point I felt like, and this is also as my relationship with God changed. Um, mm. Cause I didn't like, I didn't necessarily grow up in the church and then became um, actively Christian later on. And I realized that, I was doing things to stay relevant. And that's not to say that those things weren't good things. Like, I don't think they were they were bad things because, you know, people still got something out of it. But yeah. I wasn't coming from a place of, like, an undeniable urge to do these things. It was mm-hmm. coming from a place of, I'm scared that if I don't put on an event now, mm-hmm. exactly, I'm going to lose my following. People are going to forget about me. And that type wow, of thing. That's, big. that's a big realization. Yeah. And so I kind of put a pause on on doing events just because I I felt like I needed to like really speak to God about like what he wanted me to do in this realm and where he wanted me to go. Because I was like, I don't want to just do good things and this is gonna be so cliche, but like I feel like this is the best way to say it. I don't wanna just do good things, I wanna do God things. Um yeah. and so I wanted him to be at the center of it all. And it's like, Mm -hmm. at the time that my relationship with God changed, it was like, okay, well, I already had this thing going that I started before I was really, you know, uh, before I get my life to Christ. And it's like, okay, now I'm praying for events, but it's like, I'm praying without having asked God if this is something that I needed to do. So it was like this weird, like cognitive dissonance where it's like, like, okay, God, I know I didn't ask you about this, but like, you're here now. So like, figure it out. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) He's like, but I have so much better for you over here. Right? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I decided to just put a pause on that and just like ask Mm -hmm. for clarity because I was doing different things. There was no real focus. I was just doing like, it was like, oh, I want to do community events. But like, there was no real focus on like, okay, Brianna, what are you going to focus on? You know, because there's many things that we can do for the community, but one of us can't do it all. So what are you, what's your thing going to be? And I do believe that I've received clarity on what that thing is. And when I graduate in April, I'm going hey. to go full force. <laughs> I'm definitely going to go full force into um, into doing what I what I know God is calling me to do. But yeah, that's amazing because I feel like when you connect with Him, He gives you purpose, which yeah. He gives you clarity. But right. until He's in it, you you're kind of like a fish in the water. You're just yeah. swimming with the with the waves, right? Like you're just yeah. going. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
That's really amazing. I, I can I definitely identify with that because I felt like before I came to know Christ myself, um, I did not know what my purpose was. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Like, ask anybody who knew me, who knows me, like in my circle, my family. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in business, so I started many businesses, but I don't know past that, right? Um, it wasn't until now getting one closer to him, to him showing my identity is where he revealed my purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I hear the same from you. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's and I think for so- me, weirdly enough, it's like I knew the realm of what I, like I always, people always ask me like, oh, what made you want to be a social worker? I mean, there are a few things that I can point out that made me, but it's like, I just always knew. And mm. I think that that was like, God, I don't think that was just me just like, yeah, I just know. Like, I do think that that was like, because that's kind of where God wanted me and has always yeah. been me. But it's like, I feel like that made it a little more difficult for me because it's like, I know that this is what I want to do. And because I know, and I've known for so long, it's hard for me to surrender that thing. Mm. So So it really became a process of like, okay, Brianna, yes. Like, you know, you have a certain level of clarity around like this because, you know, this is where your heart has led this far. And like, there's just this feeling of knowing I can't really describe, but it's like, okay, but you don't, know everything you just know part of it so you need to surrender this thing so that you can be led in it yes and step by step is one of the things i really really realize like he is only going to light up the very next step Mm -hmm. and only time (laughs) i'm a big planner i'm a big visionary and i want to see it all he's like no no i'm gonna give you one step at a time wow what you said there just hit me so hard because that is in essence a lot of what I've been going through lately is just realizing, okay, this is my dream. This is my baby. And I'm surrendering it over to you um, because I trust you. Right? I love you. And you love me. And <laughs> trust me, one, right? I had to realize, like, you trust me with your people. And hence, when you gave me this purpose, you know, I'll be able to do well in this realm. Mm-hmm. Into that, that um, even though you know it, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the balance when it comes to surrendering it. Yeah. Can I, you're asking me to do even though i know you're asking me to do it can i really do it exactly yeah wow wow and so okay i i want to guess i really want to ask you mm-hmm. what do you think is right now in you know 2020 was what it was right <laughs> overall it's been a, like for a lot of people it has not been a good thing for mm-hmm. many i want to say it's been a good thing right you've come to a lot of realization i think i feel like collectively mm-hmm. a lot of people really woke up to a lot of things in their life that maybe wasn't feeling right with their integrity mm-hmm. all along. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some things that you feel like you took away from last year and that you want to really hone in this year Whew, last year man it's funny because i can't even find a descriptive word for 2020 like <laughs> one descriptive word that, that year but um I think for me um I mean I thank god that like obviously it was difficult because of the pandemic but like I was able to like you know maintain my job and certain so there's certain things that I didn't that I didn't experience that others did so first of all thank god for that 2020 I definitely um like I've always in, uh, for a long time experienced um and lived with anxiety and I'm a high-functioning person who goes with anxiety. And then in 2020, I, I experienced depression for the first time and realized that I'm also a very high-functioning depressed person. <laughs> and within that time, to be honest, like my biggest lesson was that I was introduced to God as a father. 
and God as a comforter. When I tell you some days, I was literally just like, my prayers were tears. Like, that was it. I was just like, Lord, I can't handle this. Lord, like, I just need, like, I just need you. Like, that mm-hmm. were my prayers for, like, wow. a good two weeks. Like, I literally felt like I was going to die. Um, mm-hmm. And he slowly but surely brought me out of it. And I think that that process of, like, one, that he didn't just pull me out. I feel like he has the God has a capacity to just pull people out. We see that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the experience of him comforting me through it rather than just pulling me out allowed me to experience him as a father because it's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not just going to remove you from the situation. I'm going to show you that I can sit in it with you and you can trust me to sit in it with you. So that is a lesson that I learned that I definitely do not want to forget because I do not mm-hmm. want to forget that again. <laughs> Yeah, but even if life does throw curveballs at you again, yeah. you know that you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely yeah. shifted um, my relationship. I feel like, I mean, as you know, that God has, so there's so many different expressions to him. And I'm very excited to see what expression I'm going to experience in 2021. But the God as a, a father, God as a comforter, that was the expression that like covered my, my 2020. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, That's big. That's really big. I would definitely say agree 100% on that. Like knowing him, he expresses himself to you in a way that just you know that you know. Now is that's exactly why he is called the great I am because he is what you in the moment you need him to be it, but he needs to see it and feel it in your heart. That's right. I believe your intuition lies. Mm So that therefore you can remember it in your head going forward. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. Well, Brianna, I really thank you for jumping on here today. Is there anything that, you know, you want to share with folks about your, your experience that you think people should know moving forward? Oh, man. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me on here. This discussion was amazing and I had no idea what it was going to be like. And I didn't, I didn't, I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect this. And I'm happy that this is what it was in regards to what I would share with people. I think that I would share, and we kind of touched on this, but be patient with yourself. That has been my motto for as for like a couple years now, literally be patient with yourself and, and, and also know that self-love is not what we see on social media. Self-love is not just, you know, lighting candles and putting bubble baths and taking pictures of your diet yeah. on Instagram <laughs> in the bubble bath. Self-love is asking yourself difficult questions sometimes. Self-love is being mm. intentional about Mm. your growth process and being intentional about your growth process means that we need to look back and reflect and legitimately make a plan for what we're going to do to be better but once again within that process be patient with yourself and love yourself through it at every point because at the end of the day no one has to live with you except for you right (laughs) not your sister not your brother they can all if they really wanted to hopefully they wouldn't but if they really wanted to they could up and leave you but you have to exist within yourself so if nobody else is going to give you grace aside from god of course you need to give yourself that grace and need to allow yourself to go through go through the process and be honest about where you are in your process because when you're not you delay that process Mm. yeah 
Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited for what he is doing in your life. It is very evident to me that he's moving mountains. And as you turn inward and really understand how he's guiding you, it's just going to be like on and popping come yeah. 2021 and beyond. <laughs> but okay, let the folks know where they can find you. Where is you have anything coming up you want people to let people know about? Share it now. Yeah, so um, my social media handle, so for Instagram, is Brianna Chanel underscore. Um, I also have a website, com. Upcoming, I don't have anything that I'm ready to announce yet, but I do have, like, the book club that's going on right now. Yeah. We're in my first cycle it's called Stories in Black Book Club, and essentially it's a book club um, that's meant to highlight and celebrate um, Black fictional authors um, in that kind of idea i run it with a with a friend um her name's felicia and that idea for us came from the uprising like black literature being purchased after the whole like the whole like george floyd thing and like people heightened about the things that have been going on within the black community forever but i just realized that or we just realized that like individuals are only interested in black literature when it has to do with us teaching them how not to be racist and it's like outside of that we have we're some I keep saying this, but we are some damn good storytellers and we always Mm -hmm. have been. And I think that our literature needs to be celebrated beyond us teaching you not to be racist because at that point, if you're only looking at us to learn how not to be racist, you're still in your head not seeing us as people. You're seeing us as people that you can save and by not being racist, you're saving us. But Mm -hmm. outside of, of being oppressed, we actually have love lives. We laugh. There's joy. There's peace. There's like, there's so much about us that exceeds that that uh, that um, oppressive um, experience. So yeah, that's what that book club is about. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll be able to know when the next cycle is and where you can register. But yeah, for any other updates, just uh, follow me, visit my website, and that's where you can find me. Ah, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. And I agree wholeheartedly. There's a whole world of Black culture that right? kind of is dismissed. Yeah, it's kind of dismissed a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even within our black community how much are we even really tapping into it so I can't tell you last time I read a, a book by a black folk I'm reading the Michelle Obama book now but mm-hmm. before that I don't remember the last time I read a book by a black author so I think it's mm-hmm. kind of we all come up with attention to our culture in general not just what we see on you know our news feeds exactly. but also like, yeah, <laughs> our, various cultures, our various cultures because black is not monolithic like there's so many differences and I feel like mm-hmm. The only way that those differences can be seen is when you listen to our stories. You'll realize that, oh, her story is not the same as that other Black person's story. Oh, they actually mm-hmm. have different lives and you know, different traditions and whole different identities. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. <laughs> but I guess in time, right? It takes one person to get it. And as they share their knowledge, the next person gets it. Mm-hmm. That's how we start to change the rest of the world. That's right. But thank you so much for being here today. Really excited for what is going to come for you. And thank you all you people listening in. Um, And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.
Wow, this episode with Brianna literally was mind-blowing how timely it was for me in my life and having to really understand that forgiveness is a whole process. And I really love the way that she broke down the process that she uses for forgiving herself. So as you guys know, now it's your turn. Let's talk about it. What is something that you need to forgive yourself for? What is something that you need to forgive someone else for? Remembering and keeping in mind that forgiveness is really about setting yourself free. Take some time today to think about it, maybe journal about it, or voice record it. At the end, rip it up, throw it out, or delete the recording. After you rip it up, or after you delete it, that part is just to remind yourself that you have already done it. You've forgiven yourself already. Sometimes I find a physical action helps me to solidify the memory. It's a process, and we're going to have to remember and you're ready for me yourself. So what do you want to do? Take some time this week to do it. And let me know. Shoot me an email or DM me. Let me know how it's gone for you. If this episode made you think of someone, share it with them. Until next time, live life fearlessly.